What's up, family? Here on Urban Ambassadors, we represent and speak up for the underrepresented and the underrated through diplomatic and theocratic discourses. Just to be clear, we unashamedly rep the kingdom of God by way of unequivocally speaking the truth, all while being unapologetically black. Holla at your boy. Please join us as we roll out the black carpet. Pull up a chair, make yourself comfortable because there's a seat at the table for you. I am your host, Mr. Andre D. Washington. Let's go. What's good? It's your boy Dre here, Mr. DR to the E. Hey, real quick, I just want to say that it's my doing this, recording the podcast. Now, while I may be new to this, most definitely your boy is true to this. I want to give a shout out to my sis, Miss Jaquanda Nelson, because she's the reason why I'm recording this podcast in the first place. About a week or so ago, I hopped on her podcast and she said, hey, Dre, I totally can see you recording a podcast. And I was a little insecure about it. And so eventually I decided to do it and I hit her up and you know, she's the one who gave me some tips and walked me through the process of getting everything set up. So shout out to my sister. Um, she's most definitely been a blessing and instrumental in me getting this thing going. You are here on Urban Ambassadors, and I think it's worth repeating. We unashamedly rep the kingdom of God by way of unequivocally speaking the truth, all while being unapologetically black. If you listen to this, throw up your fist, your right hand right now. Now, just for the record, I'm recording this podcast in my daughter's room, <laughs> and I'm sipping a hot cup of tea that I do not intend on spilling, because I don't spill tea. I don't think fellas should spill Sip it a little bit, but I don't, I, don't think, I don't think we should spill it. You know what I'm talking about, so peep game. Uh, speaking of podcasting, uh, my pop is in town, and we were riding in a car the other day. And he was on the phone, and I guess whoever he was talking to said something about a podcast. That joker looked at me and said, Dre, what's a podcast? <laughs> now, come up, pop some slack. He, he's 61 years old, so he's real old school, real conventional. He don't know no better. And speaking of my pops, um, if there's any interruptions on this podcast, more than likely, it's probably going to be him barging in his room. And don't be surprised if you hear my kids in the background, because I got three. Listen. Before we move on to the next segment, I, I want to make uh, a few recommendations in terms of reading. I love to read. Um, that's how I've been educating myself over the last uh, few years or, or more, I should say. Um, and I, I can't uh, think of the quote, so my apologies if I misquoted, but I've heard someone say something like, if you don't read, you can't lead, you know, and reading has been very instrumental in my life and ministry and whatnot. So the first book I want to recommend is the minority experience, um, navigating emotional and organizational realities by Adrian Pay. My apologies, brother, if I'm mispronouncing your name. Re really good book, man. Really good book. The second one that um, I want to recommend, kind of in a different vein here, is Saving the Saved, How Jesus Saves Us from Try Harder Christianity into performance free love by my guy. I'm saying my guy like I know him and I don't know him, but I would love to meet him one day. Pastor Dr. Brian Loritz. Um, um, I've, I've read 
several of his books and plan to read another one that he's written. Um, he, he's a solid guy, so I, I recommend anything that he does. And the book that I'm reading right now, um, it's called The Cross and the Lynching Tree by a black theologian named James H. Cone. I believe this brother passed away in 2018, um, and, and he got real heavy um, after the civil rights movement around 1966 with black theology, uh, black liberation, um, and was instrumental in the movement of tying God's word, Old and New Testament, and the gospel of Jesus Christ to the plight of African Americans in America, in America and how the Bible has a lot to say about our plight and how God cares about everything that happens to black people, even to this day. Um, so yeah, a few recommendations. Highly, highly recommend that you pick those up. Okay, family, we we got a a, a guest on the line. It's my guy. It's my kinfolk. Um, love this man. Um, you know how you got people who they're your kinfolk, but biologically they not, but they might as well be. Well, this is this guy. Um, I've I've watched him do a lot. I've, I've watched him grow in so many different ways. Um, and, and he has always been an inspiration to me. Um, he is the epitome of how real G's move in silence. This brother will raise his hands and worship to the Lord. But if you test him, I'm going to stop right there. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to put him out there. Because <laughs> he, he, he's a professional. I just say this. If I, if I got into some issues, I He'll be the first one I call because I know he's going to ride or die for me. Cuzzo, what's good, man? Yes, sir. You, you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the. <laughs> I was at the hear end of recording. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, why, that's why I stopped. That's why I stopped for you, man. This is this my kinfolk, man, Mr. Willie G. Franklin Jr. himself. Cuzzo, man, how you holding up, man? Man, all is well. I'm, I'm good. Hey. And we'll yeah. probably get into that health word a little bit more throughout the, the conversation, man. But uh, I'm going to put emphasis on healthy. I'm blessed. Uh, I'm excited. I'm, I'm yeah. more excited for you right now because you you stepped out on faith and you I, I see you developing a platform. Yeah, that it's going to this. That's really is going to be a, a, a healthy platform for our community. Man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited and I'm ready. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate that, man. You know, I. Just like I've been a part of your journey, you know, you've been a part of mine, and have, you know when yeah. I when I, you have, I mean, from from literally from from before the journey started, um, and I think that's that's what makes our relationship um so prevalent and so potent the way that it is, man, and so I cherish it, um, and so I like I say, you, you my go to guy. I mean, you was around <laughs> before I got saved when I was trying to rap, you know what I'm saying, and uh, man, I was in the car the other day listening to something and i'm seeing how a lot of hip-hop songs nowadays you know they not as long as they used to be you know so back in the day song be four five minutes now you know songs two minutes and 30 seconds or whatever and so i remember remember my jam just groove because just groove and i think just groove is it may be two <laughs> minutes and 24 seconds you gave the song to somebody uh who shall re remain nameless and he said it's too short and so yeah. now I, I think back on that and I say, man, we, we had a hit and, and it was long enough and, and it'll probably pop now. But, you know, that's that's not the lane I'm driving in. But, yeah, I, I thought about that the other day and it made me think about you. And then 
you know, furthermore, seeing seeing how God is working and moving in your life and in a new venture that you just stepped into, I said, man, if if I'm this episode is, is going to be anywhere close to being good, I think Cuzzo is the guy to get us going here on Urban Ambassador. So I'm going to jump right into the conversation. We want to talk a little bit about people of faith and local politics. Yes. People of faith and local politics. I think it is an important topic, honestly, that we we don't talk about enough. And, and I think you would agree. So I'll start by saying, you know, let, let's define politics. And I was doing some research this morning a um, little bit before we jumped on this podcast. And, and to my surprise, there are many definitions for politics. I mean, and, and maybe that's why politics are kind of messy sometimes because everybody defines it in different ways. Right. So Webster's Dictionary has a simple definition, the art and science of government. OK, makes sense, but it's but it's still it's still kind of vague. Um, so another definition that I found that um, that I that I can appreciate is decisions and practices that should be instituted for the greater good of society. Now, say that say that. that 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 one right there is the one where I'm like, OK, I can dig that. Now, with politics, um, if we begin to integrate people of faith, you know, um, being involved in politics, I think we need to define what a person of faith is. Now, this definition I wrote myself, one whose life is yielded to and governed by a higher power with a higher ethic. Hence the word theocratic that I use for the intro of this podcast, which means to be divinely guided. Right. Now, I know that's a broad definition uh, because many people put their faith in many different things. Right. So whomever you put your faith in, their ethics will become your proclivities. Now, in our case, in our context, because of the higher power or person, I should say, that that we put our faith in is God is Jesus Christ, which means that to the best of our ability, by the grace of God, everything that we try to do, Cuzzo, is going to be based on God's ethics. Now, you take God's ethics and you put them in a man like yourself, then you take the man who has God's ethics and then you throw him in local politics. Now, I'm putting emphasis on local politics. That was intentional right. because you got Local, state, national, so forth and so on, right? Right, so, right. So here's here's my first question for you, Cuzzo. Why is local government important in the first place? That's a that's a good question, cuz and, and before I get into that question, uh I want to hit on something you said earlier because yeah. this is gonna I think this is gonna come back up later. Yeah. Uh to this day, for some reason, when when you text me or call me. On my Apple Watch, your name come up as Dre Slim for some reason, right? <laughs> but aside from that, I know you before Dre Slim. I remember we used to jump the creek yep. at True Gospel That's as right. kids. You know, yep. so it's it's a blessing to still have people in your life that has walked through all yeah. phases of life so far. Fact. You know what I'm saying? Up until this point. To whereas you, you may not talk every single day. But you still you still talking. You can still say, man, I remember Thanks. when we was at this point in life. I remember when we was at this point in life. Yeah. Now look where we are in life. You know, so right. I definitely wanted to hit on that. But yeah. 
to get to your question on why local government is important, I will, I can go on and on about this. Um, but when you think about local government, all right, you're, you're thinking about your current surroundings. I will make an argument that your, your local government is more important than your federal government. That's your, really? your president, your Congress. It's, it's more important than that because your local government is what shapes you and impacts you directly right now, immediately. Yeah. Right. So I, I compare it to this. Think about church, right? Your your church, your local church versus church as a whole across the world. Yeah. Right. So if you st- if you woke up in the morning and you went to church and you're sitting in church and you said, hey, I want I want to change this in my community right now. I think the church should do X, Y, Z. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have a better chance of getting your local church that you attend right now to to create change in the community? Or do you think you have a better chance of going across the world and getting the whole world to change church? Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, you're going to say I have a better chance of talking to my local church to change what I want to see in my local community. Right. And that's what local government is. Mm-hmm. It's what affects you right now in your local area immediately. Uh, so I don't want to get too deep in it because I don't know what other questions you have and I don't want to answer them before we get to it. But for the most part, your local government is what impacts you right now, right here today. And I want to, I have a, um, an analogy I want to give to you. And if mm-hmm. I'm moving too, too far ahead, just, just, of no, course, you know, cut me out because you know, I can, once I start, I can go, <laughs> but your thing. let's, let's do it like this, right? If we look at why your local government is important. Yeah. And we compare, and I want to compare it to church because, for the most part, with people, especially with our people, we have some knowledge of the church structure, right? But we may not have the best knowledge of how your local government is structured. Yep. So, if we, if I can make an analogy, think about it like this: for local government, all right. When you think about hierarchy, we know God sits at the top, right? Yeah, that should go without without being said. In the physical, though, we have. In a uh, a local government, you have citizens who mm-hmm. sits at the top, mm-hmm. believe it or not, and that's why this conversation we're having is important. Mm-hmm. Your citizens sit at the top of your local government. Then it's your mayor. Mm-hmm. Then it's your council, and I'm talking about city government. Yeah. Then it's your city manager. Then it's your attorney. So let me repeat that: you got your citizens, your yeah. mayor, your council, which is your city council, yeah. your city manager, and your city attorneys. Now. Let's make let's move this over to the church, right? Yeah. You have your your members of the church. Yeah. Sits at the top. Of course, we sit under God. I don't yep. want to put emphasis on that. Yeah. We sit under God, but your members is the 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 level of hierarchy in the church, and I'll expound on that in a second. Then you have your pastor. Hmm. Then you have your deacons. Then you have your chairman of the deacon board. Then you have your elders. Now, hmm. on both on both levels. That could, that could be, of course, tweaked in different ways, just depending right. on the structure of the organization. Right. Yeah, but no for the doubt. most part, just to give everybody an idea on the setup yeah. and the structure, that's pretty much what it is. So let's dig into that a little bit, right? Because you, you asked, why is local government important? Yeah. So if if your, your citizens of your local government have an issue, right, the mayor sits at the top, 
uh, under your citizens, then your, your city council comes into play uh, for some issues, then your city manager, then your city attorneys. That's pretty much the same structure of the church with moving in reverse, your elders, your chairman of the deacon right. board, your deacons, your pastors, your members. So yeah. it's the same hierarchy, the same level of, of power. But I wanted to put that in context to where somebody can say, oh, yep. I get it. Because the typical person really don't understand the local government. Yeah. Yeah. That that helped me um, being one who um, vocationally is, is in ministry full time. And because um, I, I don't I don't. Me personally, I don't know a lot about local government. You know, I, I have I've, over the last year or so, I've gained some level of understanding with with a, a city council and stuff like that. Because I've I've met some, a few people who are part of the city council in the city that I live in, um, and I've attended a few city council meetings. And I'm like, okay, this is what they do. And and I'm glad I attended those meetings because that's when my eyes opened up, Cuzzo, and I said, yes, this is important. Not only yes. is this important. It is important for me as a resident exactly to, to attend these meetings. Um, and at the time when I was attending these meetings, this was after the George Floyd thing. So they was talking about that. Now, if I never attended those meetings, I wouldn't have known. You and never so would have known. They, they, they were thinking about making decisions um, um, kind of kind of as a result of what happened with George Floyd. So like people in the city were protesting peacefully protesting by the way and and uh people were emailing the mayor saying you know what is the city gonna do how is the city gonna respond other cities in the county have responded this way what is the city of edgewood gonna do um and so they were going back and forth about um whether to just write a letter and send it out or to do a um i think it was called a resolution i think and so i at first i was like well what's the difference like why the resolution over over the letter the letter over the resolution we'll come to find out the resolution is written a certain way and it holds them accountable right to what to what they say what they say so it's almost like you're writing a policy this is what we're gonna do a and lot so most, right. of, most of the people on the council was like i'll just send a letter and so just so happened when i learned what there was me and another african-american sister of mine jumped on this um it was all over zoom so we jumped on literally probably the only two black people on there and was like hey we think you should go with the resolution because we need accountability in our local government um so that that's a little bit of little bit of context that i have there so yeah no thank you for answering that it makes all the sense in the world but let's expound on that yeah because and again, I didn't want to move too fast, but since you brought it up, you know, yeah. who am I not to discuss? It, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it all ties into why is it important? As you can see, the you went to that council meeting and yeah. and you know what you what you witnessed within that council meeting and, yeah. and what you identify with in that council meeting. And sadly, it wasn't too many people, I'm sure, that looked like you are identified nah. with you that was in nah. that council meeting. So nah. In that meeting is where a lot of your local quote unquote laws are established. Mm. Case in point, uh, my last council meeting uh, with everybody having to wear masks and the CDC is making our recommendations. Right. The local city council is also able to make a a ordinance to either mm. enforce or not enforce under the governor's um uh, provisions right so yeah. for the city that i serve in as city council we were able to vote and say hey 
do we still want to require citizens to wear a mask in public places or, or, or government-owned buildings? And we were able to vote and make a motion to whereas if you're not in those seats or in those meetings, you will have no clue what's going on. And when, right. if you're getting fined and you say, well, hey, they said I don't have to wear a mask. Well, your local ordinance said you do. You do. Wow. In these wow. situations. So that's why it's, it's 100 percent important. And again, I, I, I wanted to expound on that because what you said resonated and what I see a lot of people don't know because we simply don't attend. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, I got some, another question, but n- let me just throw this. Let's try to answer this question quickly. Do you think. And, and no shade on our community, because uh, when I say community, the African-American community, do you think, wh- why do you think we are, as Black people, are apprehensive and um, hesitant to to learn more about local government or government as a whole? Or another a caveat to that question could be, why do you think um, there aren't many resources out there for the African-American community to learn more about? The local government well a couple things for the most part i can i can give you two sides of the spectrum right yeah for the most part government has failed our community true facts for the most part so it's you're you're asking me to get on board with something that has continuously failed me yeah, right fact. yeah but from the other side right your vote is your voice. Yeah. All right. There's there's three powers when it comes to local government. There's three powers that you remember we talked about the citizens and the members when we talked about yeah. hierarchy. Yeah. There's three powers that you have in both scenarios. You have your vote, you have your dollar, and you have your voice. Mm-hmm. Right. So as our community, yes, government has failed us for, for centuries. <laughs> right. But yeah. At at this time in in our present day, we have the authority now. We we have we have we are sitting on a uh, inheritance of blood, sweat, mm. and tears. Yeah, that's right. Real. To where our ancestors, we we both right now have people and know people that wasn't able to vote. Yeah, or can tell you stories about if we tried to vote, this is what happened to us. Yeah, right, right now. Yeah, we can. Right, have we have that right now. To my today. grandma. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to go read a book. We can go make yeah. a phone call or, or yeah. you know, go have a conversation with somebody, right? Yeah. So trans fast forward to now to answer your question is we don't do it now because I feel like there's a, a sense of it hasn't worked for us in the past. So why is it going to work for us now? Or mm-hmm. if you can compare it to a member that has left the church. Uh, they they've had a bad situation, and now they're holding every church accountable for that bad situation. Yeah, like a citizen with a bad experience with government. Uh, I've I've had a bad experience, so I'm just I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to get involved with politics. I'm not going to go to my council meeting until it hits home and something is made that doesn't work for you. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That's crazy. All right, cause oh, so. How can we, we define people of faith earlier, right? Right. So how can people of faith, particularly followers of Jesus, um, and for the record, we're not we're not dismissing any other faith perspectives. We're just keeping right. things within our context. So right. 
How can people of faith, particularly followers of Jesus, make a difference by serving as civic leaders? Man, that, that is a that is an excellent question. And and here's why it's an excellent question. If someone ever wanted to know, hey, what does it take to be a public servant? A yeah. civic a civic leader, right? Yeah. There there is no quote unquote perfect way to do this there is no you have to do it this way that that doesn't exist right Mm -hmm. which plays into what is politics because for the most part it's just an opinion on how something is ran right right right. so to answer your question i think uh um, servers and followers of christ are perfect people for civic positions uh because if we look at the christ has given us he was the perfect civic leader yeah. <laughs> right. He he was the person. He he knew how to communicate with everyone. He knew yeah. when to raise his voice. He went when not to raise his voice. Mm-hmm. He went. He knew when to to go in and give peace and forgiveness. But he also knew when to flip over a table. He sure did. Right. So I think his <laughs> example for us is exactly what it takes to be a civic leader. You have wow. to know when, where, how, and why to deal with different people and and to be 100 honest and 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 frank with you that was one of my biggest inspirations when i when i uh and i don't want to get too far but walking this journey mm. and it's something that i've been doing uh, i just took the council seat but community activism and and doing work in the community has some, that's something i've been doing that was my yeah, field for, a yeah, for a long right? time yeah for a long time uh but if you look at again the, the the life of Christ when he walked this earth, right? Everywhere that he went, he made an impact in some shape, form, or fashion. Even if it mm-hmm. was just him there to observe the people yep. seeing him, you know, he was visible. And I think with with us as Christians or with us as followers of Christ, you have the example. Yeah, you don't need a a, a degree to, to say you can do this, or you don't need uh, to say, "Hey, I've had this much training to do this." You have the example right in front of you. Wow, wow, wow! That's powerful, man. That I, I hope um, whoever ends up listening to this, I hope that last part resonates with them because I it it sure as heck resonated with me that you don't you have an example. Um, a very obvious and apparent example in Christ, you, you don't you don't need a degree and you don't need training to do this. The example is there. It's um, already been sent. It's, it's already, already been, been yeah. sent. Wow, that's that's powerful, Cuzo. Um, so f- from your perspective, now let's let's dig a little deeper because here on Urban Ambassadors, we got to be unapologetically black too. So from your perspective, what is the significance of black people serving in government? Well, here's the thing. We 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 discussed earlier, right? You went in, and I'm I'm using you as a uh, as an example yeah. because you went from not really knowing or or caring too much about it to where when you was placed in it and you was able to observe observe. Yeah. It only takes you yeah. one time. Yeah. To go to a council meeting. It only takes you one time to uh, to experience a George Floyd situation. And once you kind of look into it, you say, wait a minute. It's not too many people in here that look like me. Yeah. So when you go into these 
these meetings or when you have these these uh, um, social injustice issues that arise and you want to do something about it, the first place you typically go is to your hierarchy, right? Mm, mm-hmm. uh, you, you typically go to your, your mayor, your city council, your, your city manager. Same thing in a church. You typically go to your pastor, your, your deacon, pastor, your chair yeah. of the deacon wards, right? Your elders, yeah. right? So, yeah. the question, why do we need black people in these positions? Because we as black people, if no one else understands us, we should understand us. Yes, you sure are right. And if we have a position of power at the table when we are writing these laws for local government and you have somebody black to say, wait a minute, by, by writing this law for our local city, you don't understand what that do to my community. Right? Case in point, yeah. we, we, in my city, we recently passed an ordinance that says, again, if you go into a public or government building or uh, certain areas, you have to wear a mask, right? Well, yeah. here's, a, and not to get too political on this, right? COVID has been more detrimental to the to the African-American community than any other community, right? Oh, that's a fact. So with me sitting at the table, it was my duty to fight and say, wait a minute. I know we we had a vaccine going around. I know we have X amount that's been vaccinated. I I, I know this. But a group of people, African-American people, we are dying the most from this. So this is why I vote for us to continue to wear masks in our city in certain areas because this hurts my community the most, right? Mm. Even though mm. I stand and I represent everyone, at the you end do. of the day, I'm still a black man. At the end of the day. Right? And if a group of yep. black people come into a council meeting, they're looking to me because they they're may not know, but they're yeah. looking for me as a face <laughs> to say, hey, you represent us. So whether yeah, I, right. if I want to or not, I know that is on my shoulders, right? It is. Because they know like, hey, we don't know, they may or may not, but for the most part, they, hey, we don't know how this go. We don't know the policies. We don't know the, yeah. the, the 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 words to use or how to use it or the structure of government. But what we do know, we see a familiar face and we automatically identify with you. So we automatically feel like you know us and you should be able to speak for us. So if we have more people in positions of power that look like us, that's able to, to identify and know how to speak for us in these positions of power, it benefits everyone as a whole. And that's why I encourage. And here's the thing. You don't have to go be a city councilman. You don't have to go be a mayor, a city manager. You have to mm-hmm. do any of that, right? Mm-hmm. You can still be an, an activist for our community. You can still serve on local boards that's appointed by council. So you can sit on your planning and zoning commissions. You can sit mm-hmm. on your, your parks and recreation committees. You can sit on your police oversight commissions. You can sit on these different boards that's appointed by council and you can still be effective in our community if you don't want to be on the front line as a councilman would be. You can still be in a position to where you can speak for our community on behalf of our community because you know what our community is going through. Wow. So because of what you're saying is there because you you just named off a lot of stuff. See, I'm learning a lot here. You just named off a lot of stuff that I've never heard about. So what you're saying, Cuzzo, is there are ways for people, um, particularly black people, to get involved in, now this sounds like a shameless plug, but being urban ambassadors, representing and speaking up for the underrepresented and the underrated. And there are many ways for them to do that, according to what you're saying. 
by joining boards or committees or things like that. Absolutely. So to wow. to put it in perspective, right? Every single city have boards and committees uh, and commissions that sit under council, right? That's that's wow. on behalf of the city, right? And these yeah. are appointed positions. So your appointment may be two years, three years, four years, just depending on your city setup. So for example, before running for council, right? I sit on, well, I've sat on plenty of boards um, in my time, uh, my short time here. I've sat on planning and zoning commission, which oversees oh. when somebody want to come in and develop, it goes to a planning and zoning commission first before it goes to city mm -hmm. council, right? So mm -hmm. I've sat on that that board. So I'm able to, um, when people come in and they have an idea that they want to develop something, uh, I'm able to speak on behalf of how does this help or hurt our city, but also mm -hmm. how does this help or hurt the, the African-American community? Yeah, no to doubt. 100% transparent, right? But yeah. before that, I've sat on building and board appeal committees to where if somebody want to come in and they're doing something that's against the code we can form a vote and allow them to do something wow. um, how does that help our community because a lot of times in our community in all communities honestly somebody may go out and you know add something to their house and they was doing it as a weekend project but it turns out they needed a permit and they didn't get a permit right so mm. you can be fined x amount of dollars per day until you get a permit but if you mm. have somebody on the board who can identify with you and say, hey, they didn't mean no harm. They just, you know, uh, they woke up one morning and their wife said, hey, I want a, a, a patio in the back. And he went and built a patio in the back. He didn't mean no harm. Let's kind of work with him and give him uh, uh, more options without finding him every day. Right. But that, yeah. these are people you have to have people of passion that's sitting on these boards uh, to make and help vote on these type of decisions. Wow, that's that's crazy. See, I didn't I didn't know that. Um so yeah, if you're listening, if whatever way you can get involved, um there seems like there are a lot of different options for you to do so. So most so most definitely something to consider and pray about. Um because because one of the most prevalent questions um especially over the past year has been what can I do? So it in, ter in terms of local politics or local government or just or just simply community activism, you know, um, you know, so, yeah, just just get involved and get engaged. Now, we, we're going to we're going to. Uh, well, if I may, back. if I may add this, go ahead, go ahead. If I, if I may add this, it, it, it doesn't just have to be for uh, city. You can be on several boards. You can be on boards for, of course, city. You can be on boards for your school board. Police, you can be on yep. board for your NAAC, your local NAACP yep. uh, chapter. You can be on boards for your local YMCA. You can be on boards for pretty much any power structure or any entity that you may have or know of. There's a board and they need wow. people to serve, especially people of color. Black folk, yeah, people of color. Man, that's good because, oh, so let's circle back. Um, you kind of got into this a little bit, um, but who or what was your inspiration to pursue civic leadership? And and the second part of that question is, and is there any game that you would like to share with anyone who may want to follow suit? Absolutely. Um, so we talked about the obvious, right? We talked about yeah. Christ, right? Yeah. But let me, let me also get a little bit more technical because okay. if you're not a follower of Christ, I, I definitely invite you 
to 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 become a follower of Christ. Yeah, we want to do that. To read yeah. Romans ten and nine. But here's the thing: no matter what you believe in, right? Yeah. At some point, hopefully, prayerfully, you believe in the greater good, right? Yep. At the end of the day, yeah. And what expired me is just that the greater good. So growing up, and I don't have to get too too deep, but coming from a, a quote unquote broken home fatherless home right mm. coming from um uh essentially poverty coming from living in the inner city shout out to mm. Grove, place that Grove made, me, that made me. uh <laughs> I, i'll never forget where i come from and i have no problem saying six five gross in a council <laughs> meeting all right because <laughs> i i did it i was i was able to go through it and overcome it and that's yeah. part of what made me so if yeah. i gotta say that to say that people can identify with that that's, that's that's real and and that's just what it is if i go when i do community events uh in the grove i don't go wearing a suit even though i could i don't go wearing a suit i go in some shorts some jordans and a, a, a t-shirt with a hat to the back uh to i to i didn't when they see that they're not no longer intimidated about what yeah. i have to say right yeah. so it's just about knowing and and playing and knowing uh what environment you're in and how to mm -hmm. adapt to that environment and mm. to to move on without going too deep, but uh, my inspiration was growing up and what I seen around me, mm. and I and I always felt like because I didn't get the crossover thirty as we say in government, there's a difference between in Dallas north of thirty and south of thirty. Right. Mm -hmm. South mm -hmm. of 30 is when you start getting into your, your West Dallas, your East Dallas, your Oak Cliff, your Pleasant Grove mm -hmm. and so on. Mm -hmm. North of 30 is when you get into your Howland Parks, your mm -hmm. uh, Park Cities, your, you know, you so you get into your uptowns, you get into your, your real yeah. nice areas. So once I was able to see that side, I always wonder, well, why don't we have this where I'm from? Exactly. You know exactly. why? Why don't we have uh uh this streetlights? You know every every twenty feet where I'm from, or yeah. Uh, why don't we have potholes on this side of thirty? But we got potholes on this side of thirty. Like why when the lights go out after a storm, why are they light on in five minutes and our lights are off for five hours or five days? Yeah, right? yeah, that's real. So growing up seeing that, I've always said, well, you know what? When I go to college. I'm going to come back home and I'm going to change something. Right. I, and that was just me speaking as a kid. Yeah. Right. And lo and behold, from my mouth to God's ears, I was able to successfully go to college. I was able to, to uh, earn a master's in community development in urban planning to understand government, to understand development, to understand how city is cities are ran and structured. Right. So in doing mm. so, I was able to see what goes on, not just in Texas, not just in the U.S., but around the world. Yeah. Uh, and quick story, one of my biggest regrets is when working on my master's, one of my professors was trying to get me to go to Dubai and study urban planning for a year because they had uh, they had a program and I could have went to Dubai and pretty much lived there free of charge and studied urban planning. But I didn't do it. But. He said, if you ever go uh, and see how they do urban planning, 
right? You have a wider perspective when you come home yeah. and you work for your city. So my biggest regret, is, one of my biggest regrets is I never did that. Uh, but just to make a long story short, uh, it was my inspiration to do that because just of how I grew up, how yeah. we grew up, you, yeah. you know, because yeah. we we from different areas, but it's still just the, it's the same, same. It's the same thing. The same exact demographic, just with a same different thing. Name. Yeah, it's a, exactly what it is. It's the same exact thing. So I, again, I unknowingly at that time I spoke it out, <laughs> and God heard. He's okay. This what you right. think you want to do? Yeah, here we go. Uh, t- hey, uh, 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 um, you got it. <laughs> and and for lack of better words, you got it right. Yeah. Uh, the the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Yeah. Uh, so, but I was able to do that, man. And and honestly, uh, my journey has been different. Uh, but I think my journey has prepared me to sit in these rooms and sit in these meetings. And be able to not only uh, represent my community or represent those who look like me, but to represent everyone. To Uh understand uh, poverty is something that affects everyone. Potholes in the street is something that affects everyone. The future of a city is something that affects everyone. So being able to have uh, uh, experience on both sides yeah it helps me identify with everyone and that's truly a blessing because i think uh that's where a lot of councilmen or a lot of serve public servants go wrong because of not having progression not being yeah. innovative you remember earlier you spoke about just groove right yeah when you made just groove in a time to where average songs was four to five minutes yeah, you made just groove. Just groove was like two, maybe two and a half minutes. Yeah, and certain somebody said it was too short. Right? Yeah, they wasn't innovative. They wasn't progressive because wow. today, if a song is past two and a half, three minutes, yeah, it's not getting played. No doubt. Right. So we take that same scenario that you gave and apply it to public servants. Apply it to government. Apply it to church. If you're not innovative, if you're not progressive time is going to pass you by because had mm. that had that person took just groove right i would have been bowling and and put it on the front line that person <laughs> would have been the face of the new era of music yeah right you would have been the person who say man he's one of the first one making songs that was two minutes but, yeah but was hits in the club right but yeah we we don't have that a yeah. lot of people in public service or in those positions don't have that that innovative that progression and that's been in public service in local government you have to be innovative you have to be progressive because you're not just leading a city of people that's your age or in their their 60s or 70s or stuck in their ways you're also leading people that are 14 15 years old Mm -hmm. that's going to be our next group of city leaders and to answer the second half of your question uh some game i can share for somebody or anybody who want to follow suit whether you 15 um in the inner city like I was and, and noticing at that age that things were different in different areas. Or if you, if you're 60 years old and saying, Hey, I, you know what? I want to go serve on the board. I want to run for council. I want to run for mayor, uh, governor or whatever. Here's my game. Get involved now. Mm. You don't just wake up and say, Hey, I want to run for city council tomorrow because fortunately and unfortunately it's based on votes. Yep. And you have to get voted in 
uh, nine times out of 10, you have to get voted in. And if people don't know you or identify with you or have some experience of your background, how are you going to motivate them to get out of the house and go vote? And a time where in local elections, right? If you have a thousand people, maybe 200 will vote. Mm. So think about that when you want to run for an, for an elected official seat. How will you spark people to vote for you? And if you can't go out and tell them, hey, this is what I've done. This is what I'm doing. This is what I believe in. You have to also be able to motivate them to go and vote. Because mm-hmm. we, for the most part, now, big cities are different. I'm talking about outside of your major cities, outside of yeah. your Dallas, your Houston's, you know, your 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 uh, uh, Seattle's, your big, outside of from them big cities. Smaller cities, we can't get us out to vote. Dang. I can give you scenarios where people have uh, ran for office and won a seat based off of 30 votes or lost the seat based off of five or six votes. Wow. So if somebody tell you your vote don't count, tell them to call me. Let's have a conversation about it because I can wow. give I can give you data to show you where your votes matter, especially, especially for us. Wow, wow, man, that's that's dope. Cause oh, man, as we um in our time together, um, my last question, very simple. You know, where where can people connect with you and just and just keep up with what you're doing, man? Uh, you can, I don't have, uh, I don't know if this is shame on me or something <laughs> for me to think about, uh, but I didn't want to have, you know, five or six different platforms. I kind of yeah. want to keep it catered to maybe one or two. Uh, yep. Right now it's Facebook um, yep. at Councilman Franklin. That's all you have to go in and type in in the search boys at yeah. Councilman Franklin yep. uh, on Facebook. And that's the best way to contact me because uh, it allows you to message me. It allows you to comment, follow me, to see what I post, to see what I'm involved in, to no, see no where doubt. I serve, how I serve, et cetera. Um, but if if I couldn't give someone, if you take no, no part of this, this podcast to heart, take to heart to serve now, where, wherever it uh. may be serve now because our people are hurt are hurting we're fed up and to be 100 yeah, right. to be 100 transparent we are on a verge and when i say we are on a verge mm. we're on a verge of either exploding or we that's are right. on a verge or taking something over and here's the thing and i, I want to say this because we and in our mind we we think we just won a victory in the White House. Mm. So I want to say, here's, here's, if, if this make, if this podcast, and I, I believe it can, and I believe it will, makes it to uh, President Biden's desk. Hey, Biden, I love you. Congratulations. <laughs> this, this little small councilman in Red Oak, Texas, want to tell you the black vote played a major part in your success big facts however this i feel it's possible that black vote may turn on you if the black vote don't feel appreciated that's right (laughs) because i feel like we're getting to a point to where we've 
we've I won't say we've done our part, but we've shown up when we've been called to show up, right? Yeah. But we're we as a whole, and I can't speak for every black person, but I feel like people are starting to feel like, hey, I've I've done my part and I'm getting nothing in return. I'm not even getting a uh 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 an official statement on my behalf. So I just I just mm-hmm. like to put that out there because from what I see, um from those who may not understand politics, from what mm-hmm. I see from that particular group of people is I'm getting tired. Mm-hmm. And we may not be able to get them to the polls anymore if we don't see some type of progress. Mm. Some, some, sometimes it's not even about the what it is. Sometimes it's, it's just about seeing something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like, like football coaches used to say, uh, I'm not looking for you to go out and and have a stellar uh, five star type of game. I want you to at least go out and see some type of effort. Yeah. Right. So I I think we're getting to that point. And um, so I I, I just want to definitely put that out. But we have to stay the course because our our ancestors and our elders stayed the course. But I I do fear that uh, some of us are getting to the point to where we're feeling like they don't want to have have done the footwork, but get some empty promises in return. Wow. Man. Because, oh, man, I uh, I appreciate you, man. Um, I think this is another reason why I wanted to podcast um, and not just to build a platform or anything, but I just think, you know, it is important, at least the mantle that's on my life, is, is to, to reach people by um, using the gifts that God has given me so they may have a transformative experience. And however I can do that. And, and if that means doing something creative, like a podcast to, to not only um, share my voice, but, but bring in other voices as, as well, who can speak to things that I cannot. Um, that, that's why I want to, why I want to do this. Um, also, uh, like I said in the intro, you know, so folks can pull up a chair, you know, as we roll out the black carpet for them, you know what I'm saying? So, so they'll know that they have a seat at the table too, no matter who they are. What no, they yeah, like. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. everybody. And I feel like that's what believers, followers of Jesus should be doing. Pull everybody up at the table. But sometimes a seat at the table means we got to have conversations like this. And this, this is, this, this, this yeah, is, this is, this is, this is what's needed because we, we talked about, we hit on this earlier. Uh, this is healthy in so many ways. Um, I haven't shared this with no one outside of my wife Mm. Uh, uh, and maybe a couple other people, but about two months ago, right? For Mm. the first time in my life, right? I hit anxiety, right? For the first time in my life, like it would, it, it got to a point. I went about four weeks without sleeping a full night i was sleeping maybe three hours and i would be yeah. i would be up heart racing beating yeah. real fast blood pressure high um i've like having thoughts like i'm finna die literally you know? yeah so i would i would wake up three four in the morning i'm like you know why am i why am i feeling like this like i'm used to when i went to the doctor he was like you know well, what's going on in your life so I told him what was going on. I told him about, you know, uh, where I am career wise, uh, running for counsel. Um, and, and he was a black, he, my doctor, a black guy. 
right? He said, well, you know, from everything that you, you are um, telling me, you are, you are having anxiety attacks. And uh-huh. I said, anxiety? I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I said, I'm, I'm healthy. I'm like, uh, here's what I eat. Uh, you know, I've never had an issue with blood pressure. I've never had an issue with, with caring a lot of things. I like, I like the multitask. I like to keep myself busy. He yeah. was like, yeah. But he was like, but at nighttime, he was like at two, three, four in the morning. Mm. When you think you're sleeping, he was like, your body is saying, no, nah, you finna deal with this anxiety. Mm. So you can try to cover it up throughout the day by keeping yourself busy. But when you lay down and try to go to sleep, you finna deal anxiety and he was like it was it was a matter of me everything at once and then this was in the midst of a another african-american being killed at the hands of police right Uh so he was like you know you look on every time that you've looked at on the news for the last couple weeks you're seeing yourself being killed on tv yeah he was like i don't care how balanced you think you are he was like mentally socially uh, uh, physically, that's going to have a uh, bearing on your mind, whether you know it or not. And man, when I tell you that it hit home, because and that's why early we talked about health, I was like, that's very important, because this platform alone gives me enough to just Yeah, get it off your chest. Because he was like, well, you need, maybe you can go talk to a counselor, maybe do X, Y, Z, and all that. And I'm Man, listen, when you wake up at two, three, four in the morning, heart racing, and, and you literally think you're about to die. I, I'm not even I'm not even exaggerating. I'm telling nah, you. I feel you. In my mind, I've always had to tell my wife, hey, call the paramedics. I think I'm dying. You know, to go through that, like it's this is therapeutic. And I think it's gonna be what you're doing is gonna be helpful for so many people in so many different ways, because typically, uh when you're in leadership as a black person, say, say, <laughs> it's not too many people who you can. Now, I know I can always pick up the phone and call you, right? Yeah, but no I doubt. also, but I also know you have uh, your own stuff that you're dealing with, right? Yeah. So sometimes you just kind of, you know, it, it's not necessarily saying, "Hey, I don't want to call this person," but sometimes it's a matter of D- respecting boundaries. That person extent. got his, yeah, yeah they carrying his, the load. He's, he's carrying the load too. So yeah. true. We can we can talk. We can you know you can take time out. But at the at the end of the day, sometimes as a leader, or when you are in a, a certain seat, sometimes it's just you and God, and y'all just fighting. You rest. Y'all necessarily exactly. Y'all wrestling this out together, and you just saying, hey, you know, I really don't want to put too many because I don't know what's going on with me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. But glory to God for the last two weeks, I've been sleeping like a baby. Yeah, that's, that's uh, a blessing. My, my blood pressure is back to the one twenty over seventies, and you know, so I'm I'm perfectly fine now. But it was just a matter of throughout that journey, um, for somebody who is thinking about doing something like this, remember your health. Remember, mm. re- remember. So I've I've have now I make sure I get a, at least a mile or two in, just at least walking and running, just to release those that mm-hmm. stress, to release all of that information. Um, uh, but again, I kind of just wanted to put that out there, man, because that's, that's something I feel your platform is going to help so many people in so many different ways. It's going to help the listener. It's going to help the, it's going to help you. It's, yeah. It's helping me. 
it's going it's going to help the person your your person who you're talking to because in talking about it you're still releasing you are you're releasing yeah. it and whether if you're releasing it to help somebody or to educate somebody you're releasing it energy is neither lost nor destroyed it's simply transferred from one item to the next right but you're you're able just to release because like right now i feel great <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to give you that, man, and I, I appreciate this opportunity, and I, I really do. And uh, my last bit of advice um, is when you are thinking about taking that stuff into leadership uh, for public service, right? Mm-hmm. A prayer that I prayed, and I would invite anybody to pray this prayer if you want to, and if you're thinking about doing it, ask God to send you or place you. Where you're needed, not where you're mm. wanted. Wow, because that's very important, right? Yeah. Because two if, different things. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because if you have the credentials, you're going to be wanted everywhere. But if God have an assignment, you're going to be needed in a certain place, and you can speak to that more than anybody. I sure can. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, you're going to tell your story whenever you tell your story. Yeah, but you can speak to that more than anybody. And sometimes when you go where you're needed, it may not even be received or it may not even be. uh, It may be helpful at some points, but it's just a difference between going where you're needed versus where Mm -hmm. you're. And uh, that's what I would encourage anybody uh, to pray about, because Christ had to do it. He had Mm -hmm. to go where he was needed, not necessarily where he was wanted. I don't know if he wanted to leave uh, God's side and come down here and deal with us ignorant fools. And right, <laughs> you know, get get spit yeah. on and and crucified yeah. and and talked yeah. about and mocked. That's, but he had to go where he was needed. He was needed, yeah, not where he was wanted. But yeah, uh, yeah, man, I ain't gonna go too deep because I know, you know, you gotta chop this up and however you chop it up is how you chop it up. Whatever is need to be removed, please remove it or whatever. Nah, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping but, it. That's uh, good. This was therapeutic for me, man. Man, nobody else got nothing from it. I got something from it. Say, hey, hey, it, it might have been just for us, uh, cause, cause I, I, I didn't even look at it as, as, as doing this being a therapeutic space. It is, uh, for, even for me, like, you know, uh, especially with people I love and care about. Um, uh, but man, I, I, yeah, it was therapeutic for me, cause I, um, you know, I won't say I won't go into details, but yeah, yesterday I think I had a little episode and just felt very anxious and just didn't didn't understand why and I was thinking about some work related stuff you know and and you know just just trying to be happy in the moment and just just felt like crap if I can say it that way and just was like what what is this why 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 did this thought about me being needed at work right cause me all this stress in this moment when it was yesterday was a celebratory day my wife Received her masters and congratulations. Her. To her. Yeah, shout, yeah, shout out to her. Yeah, yeah, you, know you have doing to. the thing, man. You, you know, to, but to do what she did and the way she did, a and the way she did, it. baby. Oh my gosh, two boys, an ignorant husband, a ignorant, ignorant. <laughs> I G N U T. Boy is not ignorant. ignorant. Boy is me talking about me. I'm ignorant. Yeah, she say she pulled it off, man. And and I'm trying to think about that stuff because, but man, I'm telling you, I was riding my car head throbbing halfway angry and I did not understand why but I knew that it derived from a thought that I had about something that could something that I probably won't have to deal with to next week yeah but but what I was thinking about 
it probably won't even happen. Yeah. But I got angels. So, so yeah, we that, that's a whole nother episode. Hey, but so anxiety would do that to you, man. <laughs> Say, that's a whole nother and episode, I, and, man. Anxiety would do that to you. And I, I got to thank God for my wife as well, because she has definitely been an anchor, man. An oh, anchor. Yeah. An anchor. And when I, because if, if you know me, I always call my wife my burning bush. And right. she has yep. she has been an anchor, man. She has really spoke some things. Um, and it's just, you know, the stuff that I didn't get into about running for council in, in, in an area that I'm in. Like, I had situations to where I had a, a sign in my yard saying, vote Franklin, coming home, and that sign was cut down. You know what I'm nice. saying? Like, that that's just some of the stuff that nice. I experienced in the area that I'm in. But again, Christ went where he was needed. Yeah. Not where he was wanted. And I'm not saying I'm Christ, but to be like Christ. <laughs> you yeah, know to be saying? like Christ, yeah. Uh, but yeah. just when I, every time I, <laughs> I think that just become a new phrase that I say when it's, when I see something that's, that's controversial, us Christ went where he was needed, not where he was wanted. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm like you. If don't nobody take nothing away from me, from this today, um, in term, at least, at least they will take away this aspect of the importance of therapy and whatever form you can get it. Because um, this was therapeutic for me. I feel like I need to send you uh, uh, whatever your fees are for this <laughs> session, man. Because honestly, man, like it, I feel, I feel like relieved because I, I haven't been able just to say that out. Like I talked to my it. wife, of course, about of course. things about, it, but of course. for the most part, just to have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's that's important, man. Well. Um, what I want to do, cause though, is as we end our time together, I, I want to pray for you, man. You and you and Kay, uh, which I I spent some time in prayer this morning for you, both you two. Um, in light of this conversation, um, yes, sir. Yeah, I want I, I want to pray for you and her, um, because I feel like I can't pray for you and about you and and, and your wife not being included in you know and, and Kay, Kay, Kay's family, man. So yeah, let me let me pray for y'all and then yeah, we'll wrap things up. Um, so, dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you. I lift up family to you today. Yes, and God, God, I just ask that you would strengthen, strengthen them. Um, I pray that uh, as I prayed this morning that what's going on in their life and the leadership role that uh, that uh, Kuzo has taken on, God, I just that that stuff won't interfere with their marriage. Yes, um, I, I, I pray that she, as she always does, that Kay will continue to be. His burning yes. bush, and I and I know, yes. and I know she, will, I know she will. But I pray that you would even give her strength. You yes, know, when ma'am. she gets tired, when she gets yes, weary, ma'am. I yes. pray for their their physical health. You know, um, yes, that you will help them manage the stress and and the emotional stress and the mental stress. Sometimes yes. even the spiritual stress. Um, yes, God. So God, I just pray that as as you speak your word to them, I know your word will not return void, but I pray that it will resonate with them in, in the very moment that they find themselves in. I just pray that you'll bless them in this season of life. I pray yes, that you'll give Cuzzo wisdom and an understanding heart, just like you did Please, Solomon, God. that he may yes, lead God. and that he may continue to, to speak for the underrated and the underrepresented. As I know, he's going to speak for everybody, but but I, I do believe that there's a specific mantle on his life to do that because of how you created him and, and, and the story that he has. So God, I just pray that he will be that voice in the wilderness for the black community and anybody, anybody yes, who's underrepresented and underrated, anybody um, who is in need, God. Uh, we believe that you are God of righteousness and justice. Your scripture says in Psalm 89, verse 
14 that righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. That's how you govern. That's how yes, you get your politics. And so, God, help us to be governed by that. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cuzzo, I appreciate you, man. Um, everybody listening, this was We'll catch you on the next one. Holla. Yes, sir.